Peace be upon you. So I have a confession to make. I have a terrible addiction. It's been haunting me for years, and uh, I thought I'd share it today. And that addiction happened one day. I was listening to a podcast, and I actually listen to quite a few podcasts. I cycle through them. And um, always it's like, say, Tim Ferriss. It was uh, Ty Lopez, uh, Art of Manliness, uh, Art of Charm, whatever. These miscellaneous podcasts where they do these uh, long-form interviews. And it's always someone who wrote a book or is has some like coursework or something in that sense. And I was under the impression that when they would say, oh, you have to read this book immediately, I'd go buy the book and I would just pile through it and say, oh, you have to get this course and I would go and get that course. And I came to this epiphany one time where I realized that it's like I kept thinking that if I just had a little more information, just a little more knowledge, then I'll be able to make sense of everything. And you realize that information is kind of useless uh, in itself. It's only when we apply that information, that information has value. And everyone wants to sell you that next thing that, hey, here, I have this new book, I have this new podcast I'm releasing, I have this new something, something. And if you just listen to this, if you just read this, if you just consume this, you will be complete. And it's a misnomer. It's because true wisdom is when we take even the slightest bit of information and we apply it to our lives. You know, we have this, this hoarding mentality in ourselves where we want to hoard money, we want to hoard uh, possessions, we want to hoard um, nice things. But the one thing that our generation has an overabundance of and there's an endless appetite for is that of information. We just want to consume more and more and more information and rarely do we actually go and apply that information. One of the podcasts I was listening to was an econ talk, and it was talking about how most people, when they read a book, if you ask them after the fact, what did you learn from that book? They would be lucky if they could identify one or two facts, and I'm guilty of this as well. But when it comes to wisdom, wisdom is when we take this little bit of information we have and we apply it to our lives. Now, one of the misnomers, another one is, we think that by having more information, let's say religious information, the do's and don'ts of the Quran, the understanding of the verses of the Quran, that somehow that makes us more righteous. Now, we clearly have more information than the prophets and messengers of the past just by the abundance of knowledge that's available to us. These individuals could not have comprehended. But by no means are we more wise than they are. There's something it's known as the Flynn effect. So this is a philosopher, he's got a really good tech talk. And he said, if you took someone from 100 years ago and you of average intelligence and you place them in this world today and had them take an IQ test, they would rank at 70. This is below standard intelligence in the terminology is mentally retarded. Now, what's interesting is this individual physiologically is the same as us. But there's something different that's taking place that he would rank so low on an IQ test. Now, you do the flip of this. You take someone of today of average intelligence, so average is 100 uh, in the IQ test, and you bring them back 100 years, and you were to give this individual an IQ test, they would have ranked at 130, which is uh, considered superior intelligence. They would be considered a genius. So what is it that's changed? You know, the aspect is that, yeah, we have more information. We can deal with more complexity. But this does not mean that by any means we are more righteous. The only thing that equates to is that we are more responsible. God tells us in the Quran that he holds us responsible for what we know. We think that because if we know more, 
Therefore, we have less responsibility and we're closer to God. And it couldn't be further from the truth. All that happens is the more knowledge we have, the more information we have access to, the more we are responsible. We are more responsible today in this generation than they were a hundred years ago. Strictly by the fact of what we have access to, no different than wealth. Someone who's poor has less responsibility than someone who's rich. Someone who's rich, the likeliness of them maintaining belief, maintaining righteousness, giving to charity, not giving in to the material possessions is harder. And if they achieve that, it shows more of the strength of their faith. And we forget that this is the same equation for knowledge. The more information we have, the more knowledge we can access, the more we are responsible for. So in this episode, I want to look at wisdom. I want to, this is something that in the Quran is saying, God says in 2269, it says, He bestows wisdom upon whomever he chooses, and whoever attains wisdom has attained a great bounty. Only those who possess intelligence will take heed. God is telling us that wisdom is more valuable than gold, than silver, than any material possessions of this world. In Proverbs, in uh, chapter 8, verse 10 and 11, it says, Receive my instruction. So this is God's instruction instead of silver. And knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire compares with her. In Proverbs 16, 16, it says, How much better to acquire wisdom than gold. To gain understanding is more desirable than silver. So what is it? about wisdom that makes it so valuable. And how do we identify wisdom? Now, what's fascinating, again, is that we realize that it's not about information. Wisdom is when we take the knowledge we have and we apply it to our lives, then we're equating wisdom. But true wisdom has two aspects. One, it's knowing how the world really works. If we have false information or false premises and we put that into action, it's only going to hurt us. It's only when we understand how the world really works and we apply that in our lives do we truly have wisdom. The second aspect of wisdom, and this is something that's really fascinating, is we get so fixated on new, what's new, what's novel. And this is not the case when it comes to the aspects of God. Because God's system never changes. If we focus on only the things that are changing, we will never achieve true wisdom. It's when we focus on the things that never change, are we able to understand, A, how the world really works, and if we implement that, will we actually be able to have wisdom? Uh, Jeff Bezos, the founder and CEO of Amazon, he started the company in 1994. And currently, I think his net worth is like over a billion dollars. I don't know what happened after the uh, uh, the divorce, what's going on there. But the guy's very wealthy. And while Amazon is undeniably a tech company, the business was built on this old school premise that you focus on the things that don't change. So here's Jeff Bezos, his quote it says, I very frequently get the question, what's going to change in the next 10 years? And that is a very interesting question. It's a very common one. I almost never get the question, What's not going to change in the next 10 years? And I submit to you that the second question is actually more important of the two because you can build a business strategy around the things that are stable in time. In our retail business, we know that customers want low prices and I know that's going to be true 10 years from now. They want fast delivery. They want vast selection. 
It's impossible to imagine a future from now where a customer comes up and says, Jeff, I love Amazon. I just wish the prices were a little higher. Or I love Amazon. I just wish you delivered a little more slowly. Impossible. And so the effort we put into those things, spinning those things up, we know the energy we put in it today will still be paying off dividends for our customers 10 years from now. When you have something that you know is true, even over the long term, you can afford to put a lot of energy into it. As submitters, we focus on the things that never change. God's system never changes. The entire Quran tells us about the history that happened thousands of years ago that is still applicable today, making the Quran completely applicable to the individuals who received the scripture 1400 years ago. And it's just as applicable today and it's going to be just as applicable in the future. In Surah 9 verse 70 it says, Have they not learned anything from the previous generations? The people of Noah, Ad, Thamud, the people of Abraham, the dwellers of Midian, and the evildoers of Sodom and Gomorrah. Their messengers went to them with clear proofs. God never wronged them. They are the ones who wronged their own souls. God gives us this history for us to learn from. It doesn't matter that they existed thousands of years ago. What required them to be successful in this life and in the hereafter never changed. So here is the history that is repeated throughout all time, all human civilization, that the individuals, they are struggling and they turn to God and God blesses them and they turn arrogant and suffer the consequences of their actions. Then the later generations turn back to God for redemption. Then God again redeems them and blesses them only to have the next generation turn back to being unappreciative. We see this cycle time and time again. It always repeats. And if we don't learn from this, then we will never be applying wisdom. We can read all the books in the Library of Congress, every single article on Wikipedia, but it means nothing if we don't understand how the world really works and apply these lessons to our own life. We see in Surah 7 verse 94, it says, Whenever we sent a prophet to any community, we afflicted its people with adversity and hardship that they may implore. Then we substituted peace and prosperity in place of that hardship. But at last, they turned heedless and said, It was our parents who experienced that hardship before prosperity. Consequently, we punished them suddenly when they least expected. Right now, we are living in one of the most blessed times in history. We have all kinds of provisions, amenities, just laws, things to make life comfortable. But the decline in the belief in God, in the reverence we have for God, is being deteriorated. And we are going to suffer the consequences from this unless we take heed and we implement these pieces of wisdom that God has given us for us to be successful. In Surah 6 verse 34, it says, Messengers before you have been rejected and they steadfastly persevered in the face of rejection. They were persecuted until our victory came to them. Such is God's system that will never change. The history of my messengers thus sets the precedence for you. In Surah 35 verse 43, it says, They resorted to arrogance on earth and evil scheming. The evil schemes only backfire on those who scheme them. Should they then expect anything but the fate of those who did the same things in the past, you will find that God's system is never changeable. You will find that God's system is immutable. 
Had they not roamed the earth and noted the consequences for those who preceded them, they were even stronger than they. Nothing can be hidden from God in the heavens nor on earth. He is omniscient, omnipotent. God is telling us his system never changes. And we see consistently that this is the pattern that happens. People are struggling and they turn to God. God blesses them. Then they turn arrogant and suffer the consequences of their actions. Then later on, generations turn back to God for redemption. And again, God redeems them and blesses them only to have the next generation turn back to being unappreciative. So how do we break this trend? How do we apply wisdom? You know, we think that, again, information is going to give us wisdom. We have to look into the future. We have to look into science and technology. While this is all great, they're blessings from God. True wisdom is that which never changes. True wisdom is that which we can implement today and be able to see the benefits into the future. And one of the best examples in the Quran we have of wisdom is of Luqman. Surah 31 of the Quran is entitled Luqman. And what's fascinating is it's not indicated that Luqman is a messenger, a prophet of any sort. He's identified as a believer, someone who is blessed by God with wisdom. And this is what it reads, starting from Surah 31, verse 12. It says, we have endowed Luqman with wisdom. And Luqman says, you shall be appreciative of God. This is the first lesson of wisdom, that no matter how little we have or how much we have, we have to always be appreciative. And it continues, it says, whoever is appreciative is appreciative for his own good. As for those who turn unappreciative, God is in no need praiseworthy. This is timeless knowledge. It doesn't matter if you apply this knowledge today, a thousand years ago, or a thousand years into the future. It's always going to be applicable. That our job as submitters is we have to be appreciative. And it continues in 31.13, it says, Recall that Lokman said to his son as he enlightened him, Oh, my son, do not set up any idols beside God. Idolatry is a gross injustice. Here's the second piece of wisdom. And it applies again today. It applies in the past. It's going to apply forever into the future. Is that we should never set up any idols beside God. We should be absolutely 100% content with the worship of God alone. And never associate any human beings, any other entities beside God. And it continues in verse 16, it says, Oh, my son, know that even something as tiny as a mustard seed, deep inside a rock, be it in the heavens or the earth, God will bring it. God is sublime cognizant. And here's the third piece of wisdom that Luqman is delivering to his son that God has encompassed in the Quran for us to learn from, is that everything is going to be held accountable on the day of judgment. There's nothing that we are going to be able to hide from God or from ourselves, that every single decision we make in our entire lives is going to be accumulated to see if we deserve to go to heaven or to hell, that the scales are going to be set. You know, we think that if we say a white lie, we do a little sin here or there, we're not going to be held to account. And God is telling us all these things are adding up either for our salvation or for our detriment. And the decision is up to us. Again, timeless wisdom. And it continues in 31.17, says, Oh, my son, you shall observe the contact per salat. You shall advocate righteousness and forbid evil. God is telling us it's a blessing from God to have this meal for the soul, to be able to make connection with our Creator five times a day, that as submitters we advocate what is right and we forbid what is evil. We never stand for injustice and we will unite for anyone 
in the cause of God for righteousness. And it continues, and remain steadfast in the face of adversity. These are the most honorable traits. How often is it that something happens in our life, we have a little mishap, and we become objectors as opposed to submitters? Submission is a description of what we do, that we trust that everything that happens in our life is under the control of God and it's meant for our good. And we trust in God wholeheartedly. And the second we object, the second we complain, the second that we doubt God's judgment, it shows that we are not submitters. That's why it's so important that we're steadfast in the face of adversity, that we never deviate from worship of God alone. And it continues in 31.18, says, You shall not treat the people with arrogance, nor shall you roam the earth proudly. God does not like the arrogant show-offs. Walk humbly and lower your voice. The ugliest voice is the donkey's voice. God is telling us not to act arrogantly amongst each other, not to talk down to one another, to be humble, to realize we all have faults, we all have sin. We have this misconception that if we know more, that for some reason that makes us more righteous. Now, I know for a fact, I know more than Lokman, just by the access I have, by the internet, by the books, all the scientific research, but I don't have one-tenth of the wisdom that he has. And God does not judge us by the information we have. He judges us by what we know and how we apply that in our lives. And that's wisdom. It's only when we apply wisdom in our lives is that what we're going to be judged by. And this is timeless information that is accessible to everyone. But how many of us are able to put this into practice? These individuals that lived thousands of years ago, who didn't know as much as the rest of us know today, had so much more wisdom, were so much closer to God. And at the end of the day, this is what counts. What counts the most is our relationship with God. It's not about how many books we read. It's not about how much we know about the political agenda or the climate or uh, international conflicts. These have nothing to do with righteousness. Righteousness has to do with applying these timeless principles in our life, irrespective of what's going on in the world, irrespective of what time period we live in. And we get fixated on the sense of wanting to think that because we know more in the worldly sense that that somehow makes us more righteous or allows us to talk down to other people. Now what's fascinating is there's a difference between wisdom and understanding. In 21, 78 and 79, it reads, And David and Solomon, when they once ruled with regard to someone's crop that was destroyed by another sheep, we witnessed their judgment. We granted Solomon the correct understanding, though we endowed both of them with wisdom and knowledge. Now, some people, when they read this verse, they think that this means that David made a mistake in some regard, but that's not how I understand it. What's going on here is that both of them had wisdom. Both of them knew the answer. But Solomon was granted something more, the understanding of why that event took place. And the word that's used in Arabic is fahama, that's the root. And it means to give understanding of appreciation for what you know. And if we think about the example, say for instance, a murder took place. And two detectives are on the case. And both detectives realize who committed the murder. But only one detective knew the motivation behind the murderer. 
despite both of them having wisdom and realizing who the murderer was, who was at fault, only one of them understood the motivations behind that act. And this is the difference between wisdom and understanding. Now, by God's leave, God has given all of us the access to wisdom. But at certain times, He will reveal to us certain elements of understanding that was not accessible before. And the sole purpose of this is to see whether we are appreciative or unappreciative. There are guidelines and rules and commandments in the Quran that in the past probably didn't make sense. You think of the aspect of do not eat the meat of pigs. Some people would have read that years ago and they wouldn't understand what's the meaning of this? What's the big deal? Here's this animal that's easy to breed. The gestation period is super uh, low. They're able to get lots of meat with minimal nutrition. What's wrong with eating this animal? And as things progress, God has given us more information to realize that the meat of this animal is unclean, that it contains parasites, that it's uh, bad for us. Then in addition, what we're finding out now is that our physiology is actually quite similar to the point that they're doing um, therapies on human beings using the, the uh, organs and anatomy of a pig. That maybe this is an animal that we should not be consuming on multiple levels. And each time God reveals this little piece of information, it's to see whether we are appreciative or unappreciative. Now God gives us the commandments in the Quran. It's in our duty to follow these commandments because once you verify that the source is God, who's all-knowing, who's most gracious, who's most merciful, we would be idiots not to follow those commandments, to think that we would know better than the Lord of the universe, the creator of the universe, the one who has knowledge of everything. When you get information from a superior source that you verified, it would be naive for us, it would be arrogant for us to put our opinion above that of God's. That's why God keeps telling us, kill our egos in the Quran, that we shouldn't put our opinion above that of God, that the ego is one of the hardest idols to remove. Typically, it's the last one that we have to conquer. But God is telling us that if we do this, if we follow His directives, it's going to be in our best interest. And occasionally, God is going to give us a little bit of this understanding to strengthen our faith. You know, so much stuff in our life, uh, it's a black box. You take the example of a phone. How many people really know how a phone works? How is the hardware built? How is the processor in there manufactured? How is the software developed to put inside the processor for us to have an operating system? How does this make connection to towers and satellites and stuff for us to be able to have GPS or communication or apps or any of these stuff? But you look at a lot of people, they know how to use a phone. They don't need to know all that stuff to know how to use a phone. God's system is the same. God gives us the directives on how to be successful in life. He gives us timeless information that spans generations, that spans millennia. And for us to be able to apply this to our lives in order for us to be successful in this world and in the hereafter. And it's a mercy from God. So next time you're listening to a podcast, you're watching a show, you're going on YouTube, looking for information, hoping that if you just learn one more thing, then you'll be complete, that you'll be able to draw closer to God. Realize that God has given us all the wisdom we need inside this Quran for us to apply to our lives. That all other information, while it's nice to have, will not guarantee our salvation. In Surah 44, 
Starting from the beginning, it reads, In the name of God, most gracious, most merciful, ha Amin, HM. In this enlightening scripture, we have sent it down in a blessed night, for we are to warn. In it, this scripture, every matter of wisdom is clarified. If we want to have wisdom, we are going to find it in the Quran, because God is telling us of these things that never change. Now, this doesn't mean to deter us from gaining information, from learning, from having knowledge. This is heavily emphasized in the Quran. And it's the aspect is that when we take this information, are we applying it to our lives? Are we filtering it through the Quran to be able to find these gems, these rubies of wisdom for us to be able to draw closer to God? In Surah 58, verse 11, it reads, God raises those among you who believe and those who acquire knowledge to higher ranks. God is fully cognizant of everything you do. So it's in our best interest to acquire knowledge. But knowledge in itself, again, is not going to get us closer to God. It's not going to allow us to enter paradise. And it's only when we transform that knowledge into wisdom and apply it to our lives will it have any benefit for us. God tells us in the Quran, in Surah 62, verse 5, it says, The example of those who were given the Torah then failed to uphold it is like the donkey carrying great works of literature. Miserable indeed is the example of people who rejected God's revelations. God does not guide the wicked people. You know, let's not be like this donkey who's constantly packing in more information into our backs, but never applying it in a way to gain closeness to God. There's a saying that says, if information was all we needed, we would all have six-pack abs and be millionaires. But it's only when we apply this information that it actually has value. So by God's leave, let's look at these things that God is warning us, these systems that never change. Let's apply Lokman's wisdom from Surah 31 into our lives and God willing, take heed from our Creator. And again, I'm going to read Surah 2 verse 269. It says, He, God, bestows wisdom upon whomever He chooses and whoever attains wisdom has attained a great bounty only those who possess intelligence will take heed. So inshallah, we will work our hardest to take heed, to apply this timeless information from the Quran into our lives, to draw closer to God, closer to our Creator, and enjoy success both in this world and in the hereafter. Because true wisdom is the knowledge that we apply to our lives that will never change, will always benefit us in this life and in the hereafter. God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, please hit us up at korontalk at gmail.com. And until next time, peace and God bless.